Hello everyone, I'm Gary Urbanowitz, the Executive Director of the New York City Fire Museum, the official museum of the FDNY. Before we start this episode, I want to remind you that you can listen to all the past episodes of Throwback FDNY by going to our website at www.nycfiremuseum.org slash throwbackfdny and choosing the digital platform you use for listening to podcasts. Each show has three segments going back in time about FDNY history. Now let's start this month's show. In this episode of Throwback FDNY, the New York City firefighters march off with General George Washington in 1776. The first New York Fire Zouaves are organized in 1861, and the FDNY Military Memorial is unveiled in headquarters in 1945. It is well known that the FDNY not only has a close relationship with our nation's armed forces, but also that members of the department have often served in the military while on active duty, and some have even made the supreme sacrifice while doing so. The tradition is not new. In fact, it dates back to the earliest days of our country. In August of 1776, British forces amassed in Brooklyn around Brooklyn Heights. They captured the area from General Washington and the American forces, giving them access to the East River and a path to the highly prized target of New York City. On September 15th, British General Howe and his troops entered Manhattan at Kipps Bay, which began their seven-year occupation of the city. Washington had moved his troops north, and the two armies met face-to-face at the Battle of Harlem. But when Washington made this move north from Lower Manhattan, he added some unique troops to his forces. They were the members of the New York Fire Department. Just a quick side note to this story. The first firefighters of the city were appointed in 1737, but a formal fire department was not organized as a legal entity until 1798. So at the time of the revolution, they were still a loose-knit group of citizens, though they were appointed by the common or city council, as was their chief. Several books about FDNY history talk about this period. It is clear, with the British coming in, these firefighters, essentially all patriots, formed a militia unit. Documents from that era even give us their names. Not much has been written about what went on in the city in the context of fires during the British occupation, but the document that gives us the names of the firefighter soldiers also lists the names of the firefighters that remained in the city. Unfortunately, no documents are known to exist that attest to the actions undertaken by this regiment during the War of Independence or of those who may have given their lives. But with fire history books saying that they returned to the city with Washington in 1783, we presume that they endured and fought throughout the seven-year conflict. One relative interesting document does exist. It was sent on November 27, 1783, to New York Governor George Clinton, informing him that the Americans, the New Yorkers, were back in control of the New York Fire Department and all its equipment, and attesting to their commitment to perform as they had before the war. It was signed by the department's four engineers, John Balthazar Dash, George Stanton, Francis Dominic, and Geronimus Alstein. Fifteen years later, the New York State Legislature passed a resolution incorporating the Fire Department of the City of New York. Hello everyone, I'm Ted Grant, President of the Board of Trustees of the New York City Fire Museum. As we come to the close of another very difficult year, I want to appeal to you for your support. With your help, we have been coming back since reopening in September 2020 after our pandemic shutdown. But we are not out of the woods yet, for sure. Tourism is still far from what it used to be. School children are not taking class trips, and large groups are not holding as many meetings as before. 
all of which impacts our bottom line. The museum does not receive financial support from the FDNY or the FDNY Foundation. We are still struggling to keep our doors open, but make no mistake about it, as a museum for the largest fire department in the United States and the most respected in the world, we are committed to making its history available to everyone. Please help us by visiting our website and making a contribution and perhaps becoming a member. Visit www.nycfiremuseum.org and click on the support tab to show that you too want to help us preserve, educate, and celebrate the history, tradition, and fire safety programs of the FDNY. Thank you and stay safe. Now we move on to another sad period in American history, the Civil War. It pitted North against South, brother against brother, and left us with scars still seen to this day. But in the context of the New York Fire Department, it brings to light an aspect of our history that has been all but forgotten. The beginning of the war is marked by the attack on Fort Sumter that began on April 12, 1861. Just three days later, President Lincoln issued an executive order for the formation of troops to secure the nation's forts, places, and property that had been seized by the Confederates. A close protege of Lincoln was a young man by the name of Elmer Ellsworth. Since his childhood, Ellsworth longed for a military career, but his sorrowful life and rejection from the U.S. Military Academy at West Point left this desire unfulfilled. Once Lincoln issued the executive order, Ellsworth jumped at the chance to form a regiment. To whom did he turn to, to march into battle? The New York firemen. You see, before connecting with Lincoln in Springfield, Illinois, as part of his interest in all things military, Ellsworth joined a troop of performers, a drill team called the Chicago National Guard Cadets. He became its colonel and changed its name to the U.S. Zouave Cadets. The unit traveled around the country exhibiting their crack marching and military drills. When they visited New York City, the group captured the interest of the members of the New York Fire Department. Likewise, Ellsworth found the firefighters interesting and the two groups formed a strong bond. So when he needed the bravest of the brave, it was logical that he came to Manhattan and set about recruiting a fighting force. Funding for the, all the equipment that the group would need arms, uniforms, food, etc., was raised by members of the department, led by assistant engineer John Craigier. The regiment, organized as the 11th New York Volunteer Infantry, was readily recognizable by their flamboyant uniforms modeled after French Zouave troops of Northern Africa. It included a red shirt typical of New York firefighters. The regiment became known as the first New York Fire Zouaves. They shipped out of New York by train on April 29, 1861, destined for Washington, D.C. While encamped in Washington, the Zouaves captured the attention of the locals, as well as of their loved ones back home in New York, when a fire broke out in a building adjoining the Willard Hotel. The Zouaves reverted to their avocation of firefighting and aggressively fought the fire with skills that would dramatize in a full front-page illustration in Harper's Weekly newspaper. On the morning of May 24th, Ellsworth dressed, and according to a New York Times account, he affixed his badge as an honorary member of Engine Company 14 on his uniform. He took his men across the Potomac into Alexandria, Virginia. Upon observing a Confederate flag flying from a hotel known as the Marshall House, Ellsworth entered and ordered the proprietor, James W. Jackson, to bring it down. When Jackson refused, Ellsworth climbed the stairs to the roof with three men and took down the flag himself. Enraged at Ellsworth's actions, Jackson followed the Union soldiers upstairs and shot Ellsworth with a shotgun blast to the chest. Ellsworth died immediately. Corporal Francis Brownell, a fireman from Troy, New York, quickly dispatched Jackson to the hereafter. 
This was the first action of the Civil War to be recognized with the Medal of Honor awarded to Brownell. Ellsworth is regarded as the first Union officer killed in the war. To honor him, funerals were held at the White House and New York City Hall. Command of the Zouaves then went to Noah Farnham. He joined the FDNY in 1849 and served with several companies, rising through the ranks until being elected assistant engineer, now known as an assistant chief of department. In the days after Ellsworth's death, the regiment was dispatched to Manassas, where Farnham led his troops into the Battle of Bull Run. The regiment suffered heavy losses there, including Farnham, who took a bullet to the head, which claimed his life several days later. As a result, the New York Fire Zouaves returned to New York, where they were disbanded a few weeks later. A second New York Fire Zouave unit was formed, as was a regiment called Ellsworth's Avengers. The second New York Fire Zouaves, officially the 73rd New York Infantry, fought in many battles of the Civil War, including the famous Battle of Gettysburg. In 1897, the FDNY erected a monument to these men at the spot where they fought. If you visit Gettysburg, be sure to visit this monument to New York's bravest in the area known as the Peach Orchard. The New York City Fire Museum shop offers a wide selection of museum souvenirs and FDNY licensed products. To acknowledge the 20th anniversary of the tragic events of September 11, 2001, and the 343 members of the FDNY who gave their lives that day, we are offering several commemorative items, including a Maltese cross decal and lapel pin, a 9-11 Memorial Challenge coin, and a beautiful, high-quality 343 t-shirt. Proceeds from all sales help fulfill our mission to preserve, educate, and celebrate, and to remember the brave men and women of the FDNY, not just on September 11th, but every day. You can make purchases at the museum or online by visiting our website, www.nycfiremuseum.org forward slash shop. As conflict raged around the world and our country was pulled into the fray, New York's bravest stepped up and many times went from service to their city to service to our nation. Many made the supreme sacrifice while doing so. To one of those men, the FDNY's American Legion Post 930 unveiled a plaque in their memory on October 4th 1945, at a ceremony at FDNY headquarters, then located on the 11th floor of the New York City Municipal Building. The plaque was crafted by the department's own carpenters. It was made of solid oak and had the names of the members who died in the armed forces, each painted in gold leaf. According to department records, eight members were killed during World War I and 36 died in World War II. Beginning in 1945, the Post has held an annual wreath-laying ceremony at the memorial. The original wood plaque was replaced with a bronze one that continued to be displayed in the various buildings housing department headquarters over the years. In January 2008, an area of the administration building at the FDNY Fire Academy on Randalls Island was outfitted with an expanded, large and impressive display. The original plaque was relocated there and now bears the names of members lost in more recent years during Americans' fight against terrorism. The memorial incorporates a helmet representing each firefighter, soldier, sailor, airman, and marine. Flags of these various branches of service encircle the area. A ledger holds the name of each member memorialized, including details of how, when, and where they gave their life. Finally, there's a large piece of Indiana limestone that was part of the facade of the Pentagon that was presented to the FDNY by a contingent led by Major General Carl Horst, commanding general of the Military District of Washington. The block shows the scars and burns inflicted when American Airlines Flight 77 was crashed into the building by terrorists on September 11th, 2001. The FDNY has several affiliated organizations comprised of our military veterans. They include American Legion Post 930, the Marine Corps Association, 
and the Staff Sergeant Christian Engeldrum via W Post 12033. Every November, we celebrate Veterans Day to honor these brave men and women that served our country as well as our city. And now it's time for our throwback FDNY trivia segment. In each new episode of our podcast, we like to test your knowledge of the department by asking a question about a fact from our previous show. Here's this month's. As a result of the tragic Triangle Shirtwaist Fire in 1911, the Sullivan-Hoey Act created the FDNY Bureau of Fire Prevention and expanded the authority of the fire commissioner. Where did the new bureau set up their offices? Remember, you can listen to that and all previous episodes by going to www.nycfiremuseum.org slash throwbackfdny. The Throwback FDNY podcast is brought to you with the help from the FDNY and the FDNY Foundation, the official nonprofit organization of the department. I'm Gary Urbanowitz. I'll leave you with this important safety tip. Your smoke and carbon monoxide alarms can only protect you if they are in working order. Make sure to test them regularly and to change the batteries twice a year when we set our clocks ahead for daylight savings time in the spring and return them to standard time in the fall. We could all do our part to be a partner with the fire department by promoting fire safety. Thank you and be safe.